Welcome to the Korea Pro podcast. I'm your host, Chung Min Kim, the editorial director of Korea Pro. And I'm John Lee, the editor of Korea Pro. Join us for our weekly 15 minute conversation as we dive deep into the most pressing stories shaping South Korea and dissect the most complicated ones for you. From politics to culture, technology to society, we've got you covered. We'll bring you insights, analysis, and expert perspectives to keep you informed and in the loop so that you can stay ahead of the curve and never be sidelined again. So get ready for a fresh perspective in South Korea's news. This is a Korea Pro podcast. All right, let's get started. For this week, definitely the top news in South Korea, at least for the South Korean government, I guess, was the World Expo. And what a week it was. What a week and what a night. John and I both uh, stayed up until 2 a.m., was it? 3 a.m.? Well, you were up until 2, but I was certainly up until at least 3.30 writing the whole thing. Right, because we wanted to get you the latest updates and the executive briefings on what matters and what's not. And what mattered was the vote difference. It was a landslide defeat. Two words that no government official ever wants to hear. How many was it? There were 119 votes for Saudi Arabia to host the World Expo in 2030, whereas South Korea got 29 votes. And Rome was there as well. Rome got 17 votes, but Rome was never really in the contender. Uh, South Korea, well, South Korean government officials were saying that this is going to be a close match. But as it turns out, it wasn't so so close. 90 votes, it's not, not so close. And not to mention that until 11 hours... 11th hour, they they were talking about how it's, quote, end quote, neck and neck, or it's 51 versus 49. And it wasn't just anyone saying it. It was a foreign minister, Park Jin, who was saying that. Mm. And the prime minister was there giving his own address as well. Uh, And the presidential office um, staffers who were in charge of this committee. Exactly. Everyone tied a very pretty pink bow around the whole thing and saying that, yes, it would be close and there might be a second round of voting because uh, no one might be be able to secure the two-thirds majority. But nope, it all ended within the first round of voting. Right. They didn't even get to the second round. I think the strategy for South Korea was they knew that Saudi Arabia started early and, you know, they were every, a lot of people thought they will win anyways, but their strategy seemed to be that try to pass the first round and then the second round they wanted to do like a what did they call it? Try to get votes from those who supported Rome mm. and then uh, get the votes for Rome and then add it to South Korea's votes and then perhaps overtake Saudi Arabia. At least that was a hope, but it didn't quite pan out that way. Right. And I, and I keep thinking, uh, it's like, did anyone ever um, in South Korea... Um, really cared about World Expo? Maybe some people, because if you look at the polls, there were, you know, the Yoon, uh, Yoon Sogyar, uh, uh, the supporters and the Conservative People Party supporters, they were very high on hopes, but not the opposition party supporters anyways. Well, obviously it depends on who you're talking to, because as you know, partisan politics is a thing. And yes, people who supported Yoon and the ruling People Power Party were very much in support of this. But The question is, what about everyone else? And it's not just the PPP supporters, but also the Democratic Party supporters and those who just don't really care about politics at all. Did they care? And unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be all that much data supporting what average people thought. Right. Just in general, though, there are signs of how much attention there were, not maybe just World Expo thing, but just diplomacy in general. If we look at the real meter and Gallup Korea, we can see that for both of the people who are approving of the president and disapproving of the president, diplomacy has always been on top of the reasons. 
Yes, it is. And the uh, diplomacy has, well, it really, again, depends on who you ask. Mm. The people who like him, the, um, him being the president, will always say that they approve of every uh, diplomatic initiative that they have. But those who don't, well, they obviously take the different approach. Uh, but regardless of what kind of uh, benchmark they're using, mm. yes, diplomacy has always been one of the top factors that they've mm. considered. Right. Let's go back to that night when we were monitoring. We were texting each other back and forth nonstop, mostly because how honestly, how cringe it was, the presentation. Can you explain a little bit? Well, the speech that they were all giving was, of course, in English. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, not all of the speakers were very fluent in the way they spoke in English. Now, the prime minister, he was quite fluent and he spoke eloquently. Mm. But some of the other speakers, well, let's just say that they should have rehearsed a bit more. Right, like uh, fluency, it's fine because we're not an English-speaking country anyways, and it could be just seen as an effort. But I think the main point also was what kind of content they were using. The Busan mayor one I thought was the worst. Can you explain a little bit what was, was it? What, what it was? What he, who the, who he brought? Uh, the Pusan mayor brought these uh, ethnic minority nationalities who reside in South Korea. These aren't your regular celebrities. These are just... Uh, students. They were students. College students who are living in Pusan. And uh, for one reason or another, they were all roped into this thing. And you could quite tell that they were trying to uh, present this... Uh, ethnically diverse crowd mm. and and it was part of the promotional video that they ran for months it included mul ethnic minorities living in korea and how busan is a hub of it yes so that is certainly what they tried to present now whether that is actually reflective of reality is a different point but before we actually get into that uh, these students were on the stage and they had been fed lines that they had to say. For example, one student was exclaiming that Busan is safe and that you can go shopping at night as though... And it just comes weeks after there were just major, major... What was the... Uh, there were several uh, heinous crimes that mm. occurred where women were assaulted in the, in the streets. It's not exactly safe in Busan, guys. Um, to say the least. And let's get into the implications of this a little more. Um, after the presentation, the presentation presentation actually did not, didn't matter that much because it seemed like the decisions were already made by the member states. Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, earlier this year, Saudi Arabia had already said that they had secured 90 votes. Mm. Now, they had, of course, uh, gotten more than those votes uh, uh, by the end of the night. But yeah, the presentation itself, it seemed like an exercise in futility by this point. Right, and also, like if I were the government official, if you had an intelligence that there's an unlikely possibility that you're going to win, maybe just use it as a platform to give Busan a boost and an actually good reputation about Korea. I don't think that worked. And you brought up a really uh, interesting point. If they had that intelligence. Now, the question right. is, did they have that intelligence? Or That's a big question mark, right? Exactly. Or were they so convinced in their own rhetoric that they mm. actually believed uh, that they were going to win. That's actually a very risky echo chamber if it goes beyond just the expo issue. Of course, yes. Uh, 
the president's critics have always been saying that he's surrounding himself with other prosecutors, other mm-hmm. yes men, basically. Mm. And have they been reinforcing each other with their beliefs? And if so, to what extent? And does this also matter to other national security issues? Uh, these are all very concerning things that people are th- talking about now. In the analysis that you wrote for Korea Pro yesterday, you mentioned in the in the ex- executive briefing actually, you mentioned the jamboree issue. Would that have any impact on the member states' views on South Korea's hosting capabilities? It's not implausible. Mm. Well, does did it really impact the votes? Well. Earlier this year, the Saudis had already gotten 90 votes, and that was way before the Jamboree even happened. Mm. But did the Jamboree help at all? No, of course not. Mm. Right. And also another implication for this is that it's coming ahead of the, we say this all the time, but the April election next year, how will this impact the political scene in South Korea? Well, that's the interesting thing. Now, people will say that this will reflect badly on the People Power Party and the president because of their failure to secure the votes. But the question is, would it have mattered even if they had won? Right. And also, it's not like the unit administration was the one that started the entire bid, right? And the president, he did a formal apology yesterday, and he did include a slight mention of blaming the previous administration that um, they didn't start early on, right? Well, that is true. Um, The bid was actually started by the previous administration, but the campaigning was begun by this administration. It was late. It It was was late. late, yes. They were later than Saudi Arabia or Italy. But the speech, now that we mention it, the Yoon's uh, apology speech was very, very interesting because I have monitored him for the past two years. And I think that was actually one of the best speeches that he gave and the most sincere sounding one. It was different from what he usually says during his speeches. It shows how how much attention he was putting to it and how much he thought it was an important thing to tickle the public sentiment. He was talking about it nonstop for the past several months. In fact, the day before the election, before the vote was announced, Mm. the president was saying that uh, Busan securing the expo bid would help to develop the country's economy on a more uh, nationwide scale. Uh, As anyone who pays attention to South Korea knows, most of the South Korea's economic development is focused in Seoul. Mm. And the president was saying that uh, by having the expo, other regions of the country would also develop economically. That makes more sense now that the election coming up and always, always, always before presidential or general election, people tend to put more, um, leaders tend to put more attention to non-Seoul regions and about balanced um, economic development for all regions. It always happens. And I think that sort of happened under that context, right? Oh, most certainly. This was definitely part of the calculus. And the fact that Pusan lost a bit, this was a crushing blow for the unit ministry. Right. But does it actually bring the economic blow? Well, that's uh, a different question altogether. Because right. Because it wasn't going to be so, so successful and helpful for the economy in the first place. The question is, will it have any kind of long-term economic uh, benefits? Right, like infrastructure. That's another question. Politicians don't tend to think long-term. They tend to think of the next election cycle. Especially here. Especially here. And they were hoping that if they won the bid, they would be able to start these massive infrastructure projects. Would they be successful in the long term? That's anyone's guess. But that was what they were aiming but for. But also, let me just say that, like, like 80, 1988 Olympics, was it? Yes. Um, I think those were very important because the infrastructure was actually needed in South Korea. Well, definitely. Uh, the South Korean economy that was nowhere near as developed back in 88. Right, but it's kind of different now. Um, Rel- right? Very much so. So, yeah, it brings to our topic, like, did it matter 
in the first place, right? Um, can you bring one of the favorite quotes that you had in your analysis? Well, in uh, one of the people uh, that we interviewed for the piece, uh, his name is Chu Min Lee. He's an attorney based in the U.S. Hi, and Chu Min uh, gave us uh, a very fascinating uh, quote that I just uh, could not remove uh, from the piece <laughs> at all. He said that for the past several decades, the World Expo has not mattered to most people mm. and that it only matters to and this is his exact quotes, geriatric politicians whose uh, <laughs> thinking has not evolved since the 1980s. Uh, plus one, plus one for that. Well, that wraps up our analysis today. Uh, we have so much more in the analysis. If you want to uh, tune in, please subscribe and check out the analysis by John Lee, which I helped a little bit. She helped a lot. <laughs> Unlock the full Career Pro experience by joining our community and taking advantage of our Black Friday deal and friend referral program. Stay informed, stay ahead, and never miss a beat in Korean affairs that matter. Subscribe today and transform the way you understand Korea. Week ahead. Uh, next week, we don't have major, major diplomatic uh, schedules coming up, but the date is not set, that, but we know that the, the president is supposed to go on a state visit to Netherlands. Yes, uh, we just don't know what date has been specified as of yet. But when it happens, it's going to be a big deal because it's the first state visit since the diplomatic ties between the two countries have been established, and it's been the invitation by the king himself. Yes, and they will have quite a few things to discuss. Now, obviously, the expo will no longer be on the table. Of course. Uh, but... Uh, the Netherlands and South Korea are two powerhouses when it comes to uh, semiconductor production. Mm -hmm. So that will definitely be on the table. And aside from diplomatic engagements next week, uh, it's start of December. And the start of the month is usually when the financial uh, finance and ministry and the Bank of Korea indexes come out. So keep an eye on that. And we'll, we'll keep you updated in our week ahead newsletter on Monday. Um, and because the uh, budget's being finalized and negotiated between, between the two major parties, um, keep an eye on that as well because it will be um, deciding the direction really of the government in the, pa in the next year. It'll be a big fight, especially post uh, Busan Expo. Right, and post Busan Expo, Yoon pending a state visit, they will scrutinize a lot of uh, budgets that has been used and will be used for the foreign visits by the leader. Definitely. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you want to know more, sign up for our daily executive briefings that will give you all the most important news of the day in a succinct manner in your inboxes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for your weekly dose of insight. And until next time, I'm Jungmin Kim. And I'm John Lee. Stay connected, stay informed, and we'll see you next week on the Korea Pro Podcast. Bye.